What's that? Who pays your salary? What's that? Who pays? What's that? We're not a democracy. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on twitch.tv slash Tyler Morgan Show. Or maybe you're checking this out later on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at the Tyler Morgan Show. Whew, that's a mouthful. Or, you know, maybe check this out on Rumble. Just go to rumble.com and search for the Tyler Morgan Show or Relentless Daring. Either way, you'll find me and you get to look at this glorious, ugly mug. Or perhaps maybe you're listening to this on the uh, on the podcast. <clears throat> I don't, you know, I'm, I am available on all the major podcast platforms. Like, I'm some sort of a big deal, you know? Uh, I, I believe, last time I checked, I'm in, like, the top 100 political podcast in Paraguay, oh, somewhere in South America. I'm heading to number one. I'm going to get there. The Paraguayans love me. Like I said, I'm in the top 100 in Paraguay. So, oh my goodness, it has been a week of craziness. Um, apparently, everybody on the left is anti-Semitic pro-Hamas, but if you call them out on it, you are a dirty, rotten liar, a scoundrel, and possibly even just a bad person. Unfortunately, there's been so much of it, I really don't want to get into it. However, however, it is November 11th, 11-11. I will get more into the significance of 11-11 towards the end of the show because it is Veterans Day and I will take that time to say a few things on our veterans. God bless them. I love them all. But seeing as how veterans once took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, bear true faith and allegiance to the same, obey the orders of the president and those officers appointed over them, so help them God. I do have a couple Second Amendment stories I'm going to get into here. Very nice. So I'm just like dropping stuff everywhere and yeah, can't figure it out. Um, all right. So with last year with the Bruin decision, there have been crazy gun laws being overturned, being kicked in the teeth, some of them, you know, being upheld, some of the majority of them being upheld, or the majority of them being kicked back. Bourbon, why aren't you working? The majority of them being overturned with a handful being upheld. Now, uh, one of the big ones that came out uh, this year was the whole ATF pistol brace ban. And those of you who don't know what a pistol brace is, this is for any pistol, whether it is a standard old fashioned, you know, shoot two hands out in front, 
ah, smacking my my monitor cord around, I about yanking them out of my ears. You know, sometimes you know you can get a brace that goes on the back of it. It's like a little mini gun stock that you can you know get up against your shoulder. So you could shoot it better. But more specifically, what they're discussing is for AR and AK style pistols, where it you know you're talking a seven inch barrel on an a on AK or AR platform. Excuse me. Intended to be shot either one handed or you know not braced up against your shoulder. Well, in 2012, the inventor of the pistol brace had a friend who's a disabled veteran who had an AR-style pistol that he's like, I'd love to shoot this. I just can't control it very well because I don't have the strength of my arms and my shoulders to hold the gun up and be able to shoot it effectively. So he designed a brace that attached to the buffer tube of this AR pistol that grabbed onto wrapped around the forearm and he submitted it to the ATF because he's trying to do the right thing. He says, Hey ATF, I've designed this attachment to go on to AR style pistols. Is this good to go? Or is this turning said AR pistol into an SBR short barrel rifle? And the ATF said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. And with that, a whole new uh, micro industry within the gun industry was born. Fast forward to uh, the last several years. The ATF starts reaching out. It's like, well, we, we want to look at uh, these pistol braces because we think people are using them as butt stocks. Because some of them, when fully put as far forward as you can get, you still have the buffer tube. You can put the buffer tube against your shoulders. Granted, it's, it's not very stable because... You know, it, it's like an inch diameter. I know someone's going to see that. Go, oh, my gosh, he's flashing the three. That's white, white power. Yeah, you're an idiot if you're seeing that and saying that's white power. But I digress. So people have been going, oh, yeah, I got the uh, brace on there. And you know what? It provides enough of a stable platform because it makes enough contact with the shoulder, you can shoulder fire your AR pistols. It's an interesting little workaround of the law, but it was legal. Well, the ATF decided that they're going to crack down on that, and so they issued their AR pistol ban, or their pistol brace ban. Excuse me. I swear... Jim, why are you not working, Mr. Beam? Why? But they issue this ban, and they give you, it was 120 days, 90 days, something like that, to go ahead and 
register your S or register your AR pistol with the pistol brace as an SBR or remove the pistol brace and promise to be a good boy and never put it back on. And option three, destroy the destroy the weapon or the or the brace system itself. That way you wouldn't be tempted to do something I don't know, illegal. Like put your pistol brace that you spent good money on onto the weapon it was designed to attach to so that you can fire it effectively and therefore make you a safer shooter because you have a more stable platform to shoot from. But I get it. These people are stupid. Not in the traditional sense. They're highly educated, but they're stupid in the sense that they don't understand guns. They don't understand shooting and they don't want to. But thankfully, Texas, uh, the great nation of Texas is coming through in the clutch. This is from The Reload. The ATF can't arrest anyone for owning pistol-brace-equipped gun. The outcome of a ruling handed down by United States District Court Judge Matthew Kazmarek on Wednesday. He granted a motion to stay enforcement of the agency's rule banning the possession of effectively all brace guns that weren't registered earlier this year. He found the ATF exceeded its power when crafting the rule. The court is certainly sympathetic to the ATF. Oh, wait, this is a Texas judge. Yeah, the court certainly sympathetic to the ATF's concerns over public safety in the wake of tragic mass shootings. The rule embodies salutary policy goals meant to protect the vulnerable people in our society. But public safety concerns must be addressed in ways that are lawful. This rule is not. As he straight up said, this is not a lawful rule. Because they usurped the power of Congress... Oh, a Chevron doctrine. Uh, we we can we can enforce this. We can create this stuff because it's uh, within the. It's all within the realm of uh, what we were already authorized to do. It's so dumb. Unlike previous rulings against the ATF, uh, Kismeric's order applies to the entire rule, not uh, not like uh the Mock case where Mr. Mock, another private individual, people who had bought Maxim Firearms uh, AR pistols that came with the pistol brace, and was it GOA, I think, Gun Owners of America, I, FPC, Firearms Policy Council, one of those two. You know, who were part of that lawsuit. In that ruling, it was only a partial stay. I, 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 the people who filed and are directly involved in this suit, they do not have, they are not subject to the pistol brace rule at this time because they're involved in the case. 
Everyone else is still subject to it. Suck it up, nerds. But, yeah, that's kind of how that one went. So this one goes beyond protecting the people directly involved. This goes to protecting all Americans from this unseemly. Boy, is that an understatement. Man, understatement of the day. This unseemly violation of the Constitution. That means it could affect tons of gun owners nationwide with the numbers of affected brace guns estimated to be in the millions or even tens of millions. The border comes short shortly after the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which oversees Kazmierich's district, found the ban unlawful. In August, the Fifth Circuit panel found the ATF exceeded its authority in trying to reclassify guns with pistol braces attached to them as short-barreled rifles that are subject to heavy regulation under the National Firearms Act of 1934. It determined the agency moved from regulating to legislating, and the result must be set aside as unlawful or otherwise remanded for appropriate remediation. But yeah, and so far there has not been an appeal filed by the ATF. Maybe they see that if they've already had the stay put against them, they see that they've already lost on a couple of occasions with this uh, pistol brace rule. That uh, crap. Busted. No sense in even going for it. Dead it. But that's not stopping everyone. Despite Bruin setting forward a fairly clear, uh, fairly clear state of, all right, does this gun law reflect the history of tradition in the United States when it comes to the Second Amendment? Uh, For instance, we have a long history in the United States of that person is a dangerous individual. They should not have a firearm. So we are going to legislatively deny their rights. And it's a form of due process. Some of it I don't agree with, but you had the, either you had the people in a referendum or more than likely you had their elected counterparts in the state house go or even in Congress and the Senate, they look at each other and go, all right, uh, let's see. Do we want people who have been beating on their wives to be able to possess a firearm? Lautenberg amendment. And they agreed. No, 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 no. We should not allow wife beaters to have firearms because They may go back and use that firearm to kill their wife. And that's a, I think that is a very legitimate concern, seeing as how, was it, almost 60% of domestic murder situations do involve a firearm. I think it's like 57% of domestic violence murders involve a firearm. Now, how many of those are a self-defense shooting at the time? Because 
the little woman is being beaten bloody by her husband and you know she's able to make it to where she has a pistol or a shotgun and blows him straight to hell is that counted into that 57% because that's not domestic violence as a motivation that is a self defense so anyways we'll we'll run with their numbers 57% involve of these uh, domestic violence murders involve a gun. That's a substantial number. It's over a half of them. And, you know, there's a case currently going before the Supreme Court that reading articles about it, when oral arguments were being made, this Texas dumbass who made threatening phone calls to his girlfriend, managed to catch himself a a protection order, then goes out and starts doing a bunch of dumb random shooting into the sky. He gets arrested. Well, he doesn't get arrested, but his, uh, his vehicle's identified. The plates are legible figure out who it is, they get a warrant, they go search his home, and oh, he has guns, and oh, he has a protective order against him. So not only is he being held for all the other dumb gun stuff, he was convicted of being a prohibited person in possession of firearms. Now, again, this was where I that libertarian streak and me just wants to be like, I'm so pro, I am so pro Second Amendment that uh, I don't care if you're a serial killer and you've uh, gotten out of jail. Here's your gun. Th- that's what my libertarian wants to be. Just give everyone a gun and let God sort them out in the end. But at the same time, a serial killer who manages to get out of prison on parole i know it's 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 an unlikely scenario don't don't stop looking at me like that it it's called a vignette it's it's to help convey the thoughts stop looking at me like that so anyways before somebody out there in the audience was giving me the meme mug you know if if a serial killer were to get out on parole I would not want the serial killer to be like, hey, I'm out of prison, I'm on parole, so um, I'm going to go buy a gun. I don't want that. I don't want someone who has proven themselves to be a violent human being to be able to access a firearm because what's to say that even though they have serve the debt to society that they just don't turn around and, you know, do the whole recidivism thing and go right back to committing crimes. And now, and now because they're not a prohibited person and they have access to guns, maybe, you know, the felony, the felony burglary would have kept him from being able to have a gun. 
But no, he did his time. He got out, and he decided that, you know what? I've got a gun. If there's a person here, I'm going to uh, use this to my greatest advantage. Maybe not necessarily for the joy of killing another human being, but as a way to inflict more suffering. Because it's amazing what compliant people or it's amazing how compliant people become when they have a gun pointed at their dome. I know I went from serial killer to a uh, felony burglary, but y- you get the gist of what I'm saying. There. So the fact that you have this, uh, abuser in Texas who is now at the Supreme court. Well, I mean, his lawyers are, he's, still in a jail in Texas for doing all the dumb crap. But but his case is before the Supreme Court, and they did sound quite skeptical of the, uh, the pro-gun argument. I am skeptical of the pro-gun argument. I mean, there's a lot to be said about the Lautenberg Amendment and the fact that it should have been overturned and then repassed because it was an ex post facto law and affected everyone who had a, yeah, just go plead the beating your wife and get back to work. All those guys would be affected, especially cops. I mean, especially at the time when it was, uh, when it was passed, but other weird challenges to second amendment post Bruin this comes out of <sighs> Chicago. Seventh Circuit upholds Illinois assault weapon and magazine bans. Illinois and several of its localities can continue to enforce their bans on AR-15s and other semi-automatic weapons, a federal appeals court ruled on Friday. Three du- a three-judge panel for the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals vacated a lower court decision blocking the gun bans after finding the state and local governments, quote, have a strong likelihood of success in defending the law on constitutional grounds. In a 2-1 decision, the judge said that semi-automatic AR-15s and the magazines that come standard with them are not arms protected by the Second Amendment. Because they are indistinguishable from fully automatic machine guns like the M16. No, you look like an idiot. Yeah. Because you're... I spent $1,500 on a Daniel Defense blah, blah, blah. Insert model name here. I have a I have an optic on this that costs as much as if not more than what the army pays for a Trigicon ACOG. I have mine all painted up. The army has theirs all black. Mine only goes into semi-automatic. Theirs goes into semi-automatic and because they are a select fire weapon, you can rotate that selector switch from semi to, depending on what model of M16, 
A1 versus A2 or A4 or the M4 versus the M4A1. Switch it from semi to either burst or auto. They're saying they're indistinguishable. I'm pretty sure I can distinguish the difference between the two of them just with a glance. Because I look for key things. But they're dumb. Based on the record before us, we are not persuaded that the AR-15 is materially different than the M-16. Judge, Judge Diane Wood, a Bill Clinton appointee. Don't worry, it gets better. Wrote on behalf of the panel in Bevis v. Naperville. Heller informs us that the latter weapons are not protected by the Second Amendment and therefore may be regulated or banned because it is indistinguishable from that machine gun, the AR-15, may be treated in the same manner without offending the Second Amendment. The M16 is not a machine gun. Even technically speaking, when it has full auto, it is not a machine gun. It is an automatic rifle, but not a machine gun. The ruling deals sweeping blow to gun rights advocates in six separate lawsuits fighting gun bans in Illinois. The order, which covers bands of the state, the cities of Chicago and Naperville, and Cook County, functionally ends any hope gun rights supporters have, may have had on the ban, that the bans would be blocked before a decision is reached on the merits in any of the cases. Firearms Policy Coalition, one of the groups that secured the original district court order blocking the Illinois ban, said it was weighing its options in the aftermath of the Seventh Circuit's decision. We are reviewing the opinion and plan to respond accordingly, the group said in a statement on X. We will continue to fight forward. And then California's got a couple dumb ones. They, they had the Ninth Circus decide that they're going to go ahead and they're going to go ahead and allow the, uh, the high-capacity magazine ban to stay, stay in effect because, you know, we're the Ninth Circus. But like I said about this story, what makes it better uh, is a 2-1 decision. Woods was a Bill Clinton appointee. Uh, the, dissent, the one dissenting voice is a Trump appointee. And so, well, okay, that's one and one. Who, who's the other guy? Now, the other guy, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But he has been on the Seventh Circuit since 1985. Yeah, he is a Reagan appointee. And he's so, so, so beloved by the right-wing judiciary that Scalia actually hoped that he would replace him. At one point. Yeah. But and I'm not saying that he's an incompetent judge. 
But in Justice Watch, and they look for a lot of, you know, courtroom issues that lead to unfair treatment for their for clients. You know, trying to get uh, death penalty cases retried or get the uh, conviction overturned or at least trying to see- seek out a commutation so maybe they don't die, but they still spend the rest of their lives in prison. It, they have come out against this guy, and it's like, and I get it. They're probably not politically aligned with me, but facts is facts. And he has a long history of misrepresenting facts. He has a long history of misstating facts. It, like I said, it couldn't possibly. He's been there for 38 years. And um, maybe he's just not that good. Maybe he's a great, likable guy, but I, I don't know. It's just... Just been nuts with all of that stuff. So, I'm sure if you've been listening through this entire episode, you're noticing, wow, he's like almost 30 minutes in. He hasn't talked about anybody yet. Well, maybe that's because as much as I love the coffee, don't get me wrong, I'm... Not going to turn my back on my coffee guy. I was drinking lots of his coffee earlier today because I was up really late last night and coffee. My absolute best friend. But as much as I love it, sometimes um, it, it leaves me a little jittery. Got the shakes. I can't really seem to focus. Whether I'm, you know, at work, whether I'm here trying to do show prep and pull pictures or at least try to get some audio corrected, especially afterwards when I'm doing my editing. Sometimes I just need a little help with that, uh, that creative flow and just being able to focus on what I'm doing without being all shaky and the, the brain fog that comes drinking too much coffee. We know how it goes. You drink the coffee, you crash. Then it's like, I need more coffee. You drink more coffee. Now you're tired with the shakes. And then you start to crash from that, drink more coffee, shake harder. And uh, it's a big cycle. You feel like you're losing a step. So you grab a cup of coffee. This starts going down. So you grab another one. And then next thing you know, you're tired with jitters. And it's, it's a Caffeine, crash, more caffeine, jitters, wash, rinse, repeat, ad infinitum, so on and on and on. I thought that was how it was always going to be until I discovered an amazing product called Magic Mind. Magic Mind, 
it wasn't me finding them. They reached out to me, and I, I will tell you, when they reached out to me, I was skeptical. It's like, uh, what kind of hippie stuff is this? Well, they do have a great product. I emailed back and forth with them because I just wanted to know who these folks are who want to work with me and you know, sponsor at least a couple episodes of the show. And they were very great. They're like, hey, you know, this is what our product is. Yep. Yeah. This all-natural, great stuff. And we're going to let you try it before you make any decisions. And as you know, the coffee that I talk about, I drink the coffee. The The beard oil that I talk about, I use the beard oil. So I'm not going to talk about something I don't like. And I like Magic Mind. It is great. I get up in the morning. I can have a cup of coffee, chase it with this. I can, or just drink it by itself. It's freaking amazing now unless you don't like kind of a grapefruity taste but i as much as i don't like grapefruit i think this tastes really good <clears throat> but uh, magic mind is a first of its kind productivity shot it is designed for long lasting energy without a crash and this is the best part it was created by a california entrepreneur you gotta love an entrepreneur, someone who's willing to go out and take risks. Well, uh, James Bashara is the creator. He uh, found himself in the ER. Yeah, he uh, he combined too much stress with too much caffeine, and it led to a bad time. So the doctor who treated him was like, you know, have you tried green tea? Green tea is great. You get the caffeine, but it's it's a slower burn, so you, it doesn't amp you up right away. And that got him thinking, there's got to be a better way. So he ended up combining this, uh, the green tea with some other ingredients, and boom, magic mind. And it took several tries. He didn't just go uh, poof, magic right away. I digress. Uh so Magic Mind is an energy shot, but unlike those that, you know, come in the big monsters can claim to give you five hours of energy, uh, they're also loaded with all kinds of sugar, all kinds of caffeine. If you're caffeine sensitive, it's not great for you at all. Anyways, uh, maybe I should have had some before doing this show tonight. Uh, yeah, my mind is just completely gone. The Magic Mind is a blend of natural ingredients. It has a long-lasting energy release without the caffeine jitters and crash. It is a blend of natural ingredients from some of the best suppliers, and it is sugar-free. It is nut-free, vegan, paleo, keto. If you're into those weirdo sort of things, well, I, I did keto for a while, but never really did the the paleo. But I digress. See, this is why I need to drink it before doing the show. Yeah, yep, back on track, and I smack my poor little microphone. Anyways, ADHD squirrel.
the big thing it contains is matcha. Matcha is a green tea. Again, it's got that slow burn, slow release caffeine, so it, it does kind of help you focus. Gives you a little bit of an energy pickup, but um, it doesn't smack you with caffeine like coffee does. It also uh, do, do, contains uh, nootropics. I don't know what those are. I had to look them up. But uh, these are uh, compounds that help increase your attention span. Again, it's speaking to my ADHD. Uh, it improves your attention span, your ability to process and uh, retain information. So you're doing a study session, or maybe you're working on some new software. This stuff's got a learning curve. It'll help kind of open up those pathways so that way you, know, you can retain the information better. It's great. Who doesn't like to learn stuff? It also has adaptogens from lion's mane mushrooms and cordyceps mushrooms that helps with inflammation and stress as, as well as turmeric. It also has turmeric. Again, if you're like me, you've got the arthritis and uh, that inflammation is like the worst. So anything that can help with inflammation, go for it. This is supposed to be a 90-second read. I'm going on for like three minutes now. Look how great this is. I, there's so much stuff. I had to write it down. I, I ain't going to lie. But, uh, yeah, it says so much great stuff. And and for creators, I mean, this stuff, really, it helps you get into a flow state. That that point where you're kind of, if you're wanting to brainstorm, just have the, the ideas are just clicking. You know, you know, you're writing stuff down, just having Great, great, just kind of be able to bounce back with your coworkers, and just, this is like, this is like a, an energy drink for creators, but by, by a creator. So I'm not much of a creator. I do a show. I don't come up and do stuff. I do other people. I do other people's reporting, but these, uh, but this helps get you into that state where it's easier to kind of let your mind wander without being everywhere, without being scattered. It allows you to, uh, you know, to, like I said, for brainstorming sessions. And then once you have come up with an idea, allowing you to stay focused so you can actually put it to paper, actually, you know, make the rubber meet the road, accomplish it, get it done, complete the task. So, like I said, I was skeptical when they reached out to me and I tried it. And I was like, okay, it tastes a little funky and it well, but it's not bad. And like I said, it uh it really helped with uh getting the energy boost without having a crash or being all shaky and jittery. So like I said, a few few days using the using it in the morning before work, I could tell a huge difference. You know, I don't advertise anything that I will not use. And because I do use it, guess what? They I, they are advertising with me. So go to magicmind.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Magicmind.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. And check out what they have. You can get a one-time order or you can set up a subscription. 
and use the promo code TylerMorgan20, and you can save. If you get it, get the uh, thirty bottle subscription, you can save up to fifty six percent. That is a crap ton of money, fifty six percent. Or if you just do a one time purchase, you want to try it out, see if you like it before you subscribe. Tyler Morgan twenty knocks off twenty percent right there. Boom, saving you money, helping you focus. It's all good. So check it out today. Again, it's magicmind.com slash Tyler Morgan, promo code Tyler20. All righty. So I never thought I would have a commercial go that long. An advertise, excuse me, not a commercial, advertisement go that long. But hey, they're a great product. I will talk about them. I just don't have, I just don't have that committed to memory. And I tend to ad-lib a lot. There's a lot more that I said a lot more than was on that piece of paper. But that's just me. You know how I am. You've been sticking around with me for how long now? Yeah. So, back on with the news of the week. So, uh, another big story that happened this week was that Ohio, I would like to say... To the fine, fine people from Wichita Falls, Texas. You and your band. Whose name has completely slipped my mind. Bowling for Soup. Yes, you and your band, Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup, there is definitely something wrong with Ohio. Not just the wind and the rain. Um... So the people of Ohio, on their referendum for a con- for a, a constitutional amendment that enshrined abortion, they passed it. Now, a lot can be said about the wording of the uh, of of the uh, the ballot measure. They really buried the lead. The pro baby killers are like, well, I, well, we protected moms who may have a partial miscarriage and have to have a DNA to, you know, so she doesn't get septic. That was already protected in Ohio law, dummy. Well, we we made it so where the state can't get involved and take away a woman's health care while she's pregnant. What? No one was doing that. You should have just come out and said what you wanted to say. Instead, you're a bunch of freaking cowards. Smart cowards, but cowards nonetheless. And you couch your we want to kill the babies into a bill that protects other legitimate feminine health issues. You don't even have the balls. I ain't even going to sugarcoat it. I'm just going to say the balls. Just say, hey, issue one, abortion is hereby enshrined in the state of Ohio. Up to birth. Booyah. Couldn't even do that. And and this brings up some uh, really interesting things to think about. 
because Big Baby, as uh, Senator Jim DeMint was wont to call it, the, all those lobbying groups, they make a ton of money fighting. They made a ton of money fighting against Roe, but now that Roe has been overturned and the fights at the state levels, they, I don't know what to do. Because Roe is overturned, a lot of conservatives have gotten lazy. Ah, well, Roe's overturned, so I guess that means we can go back to our lives and not worry about stopping abortions because, hey, Roe has been overturned. Yeah, Roe was overturned. But in that overturning, it put the power of abortion either to preserve it or to finally kill it off into the hands of the states. And at the state level and at the local levels, we have gotten lazy. We don't want to continue fighting because, oh, well, you know, the hard work's already been... No, 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 no. That was the beginning. That was the shot across the proverbial bow overturning Roe. What needs to happen now is that we at the local level, we at the state levels, we need to be more fervently involved. If you live in a state that has not already settled the what's going to happen post-Roe, you get out there with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your dog, your cat, whatever. You get out there and you continue to fight. Don't worry about the big baby industries. They'll get plenty of money from corporate donations. But you go out there and you keep fighting. If there is a local state chapter of Stopping the Baby Murders Incorporated, go and volunteer. Give them your money instead of uh, whichever big baby place you've been giving your money to for the past 30 years. You volunteer. You give them money. If they need someone to man a phone and repeatedly call your state house and that area and that district's con- you know, congressman, legislator, assemblyman, senator, whatever your whatever your uh, legislative people are called in your state, then do it. That's what needs to happen. We need to be vocal. We can't just sit back on the sidelines now that you know what we thought was the impossible thing got done. That was only the beginning, the shot across the bow. They know we are willing to come for them. But the thing is, we can't just let it be the shot across the bow. If we are making the decision that we are going to come for them and we are going to save these dang, these babies, then we need to do it. Period. End of story. That is where we need to be. That is how we need to be handling our business. 
don't get a moral victory, then sit back on your haunches and call it a day. There is still a lot of fighting to be done. Bunker Hill was a moral victory. Technically, we lost the Battle of Bunker Hill, but we didn't sit on our moral victory and go, ah, we showed them British what a bunch of scrappy colonists can do. No. We went and we took, we took the wood to that ass. Granted, they took the wood to our ass several times up and, you know, before that. But we eventually took them to the woodshed and we educated them. We showed them that the Americans aren't just going to sit by. We're not going to rest because we had one good showing. We have to keep the fight. We have to take the fight to them. Show the baby killers we are not scared to fight them. And for those of you who are listening who think I'm talking actual physical violence, no, I'm not talking physical violence. I mean rhetorical violence. I mean political fighting, battles of wit and word of vote and legislation, but no physical violence. Show them that we're willing to go to the strength Go to the extremes that they will. Except when we do it, we're doing it for the side of life. All right, so that's going to do it for the show. But, as I said, on this day in 1921, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the armistice Ending hostilities in World War One was signed. For years, this was Armistice Day. Now it is called Veterans Day, and it recognizes those veterans who maybe you went to a war. Maybe you enlisted in the National Guard and you never deployed. Maybe you enlisted in a regular Army unit or a Navy unit in the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, and you never set foot on foreign soil other than an oper- an operational sense, not necessarily a combat sense. You were stationed overseas, but you never fought. You, just because you didn't doesn't mean that you weren't willing to. I have a good friend, Steve Hull from Wagons for Warriors. He was a uh, Navy reservist during Vietnam. And 50 years later, he still regrets that he never set foot on, on that piece of ground while guys like my dad, who he's now really good friends with and co-president of Wagons for Warriors with, Guys like my dad was on the ground. Guys like my dad was. Guys like my dad were on the ground. But the fact that you're willing to put on that uniform knowing 
that should you be needed in a time of war, it is possible you could find yourself on the front lines. Find yourself in dangerous waters. And know that you could be forced to cash that check that says payable for the amount of your life. So while you may not have served in a combat zone, maybe you served in a combat zone and it left you so jaded you don't give a rat's ass about much anymore. You are all the same in my eyes. I might rib the guys who didn't deploy while I did, but it's done out of a place of love and respect and knowing that if they were called upon to serve, they would. They were called upon to mete out violence on behalf of a nation who really doesn't seem to give a rat's anus anymore. They would. These are men and women who I have watched give each other the shirts off their backs to make sure that they are taken care of. If they missed, they missed chow because of a patrol, they made sure they set food aside for their buddies. If their buddy's car was broke down at the barracks, they'd give them a ride, no questions asked. No, don't worry about gas money. I got you, bro. They are, our veterans are amazing people. And our country does an amazing job from the government's, uh, from the government's end of failing to care. But our neighbors, those people around us, they will help out in a heartbeat. Was it at Wagons for Warriors this year between ticket sales for people wanting to come in and sample food from the chuck wagons? People who were buying tickets to go do the cooking class with Kent Rollins. The corporate donors and sponsors who bought the who helped pay for the meat, who just wanted to put their name out there because they love what Dad and Steve do. Between them, ninety four thousand dollars, maybe ninety five, was raised. A big chunk of that when the Fisher House at the Columbia VA Hospital was opened up, a big chunk of that ninety-four, dollars $95,000 was donated to Fisher House to help take care of the families of veterans. They, ha- they can have a, their veteran has a long stay in that hospital where the family wants to be there. The Fisher House is there. Make sure family is taken care of while their beloved veteran is getting treated inside the hospital. That is, goes to what I say 
every year. Saying thank you is good. I tend to shrug it off when people say thank you for your service. But it, it does mean a lot to me. Because I can tell the people, say, no, thank you for your service. And the guys who, when they say it, they look you in the eye, they shake your hand, and you can tell they mean it from the bottom of their hearts. So while thanking someone for their service is nice, again, as I say every year, do something positive. Reach out. Show a veteran that not only are you willing to thank them, you're willing to do something for them because they have done so much for us. They have done so much for so many and a lot of times for so little in return. So finding a charity, a place you can volunteer at, a place that makes sure our veterans are loved and respected. Please donate your time, donate your money to people who want to fix things that sometimes seem completely unfixable. And all they want to do is see that someone who is willing to die for this country is treated with the dignity and respect that they deserve. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7